thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. We're so thankful and delighted to be host in attendance of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that has once and for all been delivered unto the saints according to Jude 3. And before we get into our teaching today, we want to, as our custom is, pause and pray. Father, we thank you once again for your magnificent greatness. We thank you, Lord God, because you're holy today. We give your name praise even now, God, because you are so faithful in all that you do. Great today is thy faithfulness unto us. There is not failed one of all of the precious promises that you've given unto your people, Israel. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but your word, it endures forever. Not one jot, not one tittle of your word will pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word will never pass away. It's a solid foundation. We can build our lives upon the rock of your word. We thank you that we're anchored there. We thank you today, Lord God, that it's immutable that you should lie. But Lord, we can stand boldly upon your commandments and upon your precepts. We thank you today that you're reliable today. Glory, 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 glory to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Let someone be saved today. Let someone receive your word today. Let someone's heart be open. Let it become good ground that the seed of your word will take root and bring forth life and light today. Now, Lord, we thank you for everyone who's tuned into this Truth Matters podcast. Let someone, Lord, be regenerated. Let someone, Lord, be energized. Let someone, Lord God, be emboldened to follow after your word, after your truth. Let their name be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We thank you for all things. We glorify you for all things in Jesus' name. And so true are the words of Patrick Fitzgerald, who was the lead prosecuting attorney in the infamous Scooty Liberty trial. He said that truth is the engine of our country's justice system. And he said, without truth, we don't really have anything. So true are the words of Andrei Sakharov, who was the lead chemist who actually uh, discovered the atomic bomb for the Soviet Union. He said, the greatest power is not the atomic bomb. He said, the greatest power in the whole world is truth. And today in this Truth Matters podcast, we're going to be sharing on a topic entitled coming out of darkness if you ever were going to embrace and lay a hold to a teaching today i want everyone to lay a hold to this teaching today and take action as a result of this teaching of coming out of darkness and as we look at the word darkness it comes from the greek word skotinos which implies and is defined as being not just in darkness, but covered with darkness, indicating not just physical conditions, but it speaks figuratively of moral conditions that are within man. Who can forget the infamous first verse in the Bible in Genesis 1 and 1 through 3? It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be what? Light. And God didn't just say or declare that there be light, but he saw the light. And he said, this light is good. 
And then God, he began to do something that sometimes we overlook. He began to divide the light from the darkness. And we today in Truth Matters, we would like to examine this spiritual topic of spiritual darkness and sin. Not just examine it from a topical perspective, but we want to discuss it because it's so resident within the heart of mankind today. See, this is not a popular topic in this modern church and this relative, relativistic, postmodernistic world that we find ourselves living in today. It's so sad because preachers have surrendered to the new I'm all right and you're all right, feel good, seeker sensitive motif that is so rampant in our churches. It's overtaking our schools and social platforms and resulting in our living today in stagnant spiritual darkness. I want you to stay with me today. You see, this carcinogenic philosophy is the catalyst of a watered down defunct and impotent message that is giving dangerous cover to every type of conduct. And it's eroding our churches. It's eroding our country and this entire world. See, our great God described the distinction between light and darkness, didn't he? He clearly defined that light was good. See, this dissimilarity is not immediately discerned by most of us with our physical eyes and senses, but it is clearly seen and manifest in the deeds and the actions that's revealed in a man's life. In this age where we have eliminated righteous tenets, we've eliminated principles and absolutes from our society which has resulted in our world being full of people who don't even have any sense of what is right or wrong. Just think about that. We have thousands, maybe millions of Americans today on Martin Luther King Day who believe and feel it is good to kill innocent policemen, to kill congressmen and women who are just doing their jobs as elected officials and plant bombs inside of our nation's capital and then terrorize fellow citizens without any legitimate cause. Why is this? Well, it's easy and it's simple. America has cast God's word and precepts aside and have established its own standards of what is right, what is good, or what is bad. I can remember even years ago when I was in grade school. There were so many things and principles and boundaries that were set in my home and in the school. It was considered wrong to bully your classmates. It was considered wrong to cheat on tests. It was forbidden for you to verbally abuse classmates or even speak back to teachers, parents, or any adult. But today, with the constraint of God's word not even being taught in school or even mentioned in our schools, there is no, no subjection to accountability. There are no penalties for improper conduct. We have seen our schools and our children involved into little defiant roughnecks, little rough gangsters in the classroom. 
whose hearts and minds have been polluted in their character, in their vision, with no prospects for a wholesome future. Spiritual darkness is looming and persistent in our world today. Our homes are no longer havens of peace. There was a time when you would say, oh, if I can just get home where there is peace and there's safety and there's serenity, not anymore. Not anymore. We don't have homes that are havens of peace. There is no love and tranquility. But what we see is a mounting number of fractured, detached places of distorted, misplaced priorities. Homes that are lacking proper foundations. Homes that are lacking disciplines. Homes that are lacking righteous authority. Nothing is centered any longer on the word of God. We're too busy chasing money, right? We're chasing after status, keeping up with the Joneses, trying to be at the top of the mountain, blinded and drunk with materialism. Our children don't have consistent godly leadership anymore. There are no boundaries in the home. Our homes are hostile where covenants and biblical devotion is absolutely absent. See, there was a time when we did not allow even cursing and profanity on television. I can remember sitting around the television with my whole family watching movies like Father Knows Best or we watch the Ed Sullivan show or we watch the Flip Wilson show or we watch whatever was on as a family. You didn't hear cursing and profanity on TV. You didn't turn the radio on and hear all the four-letter words in our music. But today the FCC taking its cue from this compromising culture in which we live has relaxed laws of what is decent, what is biblical, or what is wholesome. Today, they allow four-letter words on TV and in our music and on radio. They allow sensuous themes and total unvarnished homosexual exhibitions and television programming and every perversion is allowable on a myriad of social mediums. Truth matters today. See, though this wicked sinful world is deleting God's word from the public square and eliminating it from the family structure. Our children in society is exposed to things such as gross pornography and pedophilia being exposed to every type of drug, hatred, racist factions, rank disobedience without any divine parameters. I find it interesting today that so many children in school, if you could just ask them, do you know about this? Oh, yes. Do you, what do you know about sex? Uh, I know a lot about sex. Do you know about oral sex? I sure do. Do you know about this particular sinful d i sure do do you know this this song oh yeah i've memorized this rap song with all of the four letter words the consequences of what's happening in this dark world is seen in opioid abuse physical and sexual and emotional abuse along with suicide today reaching catastrophic levels in america Think about this for a minute. When it's when it's daytime and then when the night begins to come, I remember we would do a lot of things in the military. We had what was called uh, nighttime 
land navigation courses and we would do a, a day day land navigation course then a night land navigation course and we always taught our soldiers that when it starts getting dark your eyes will adjust to the dark see our eyes has a prism that will adjust to allow more light into our iris which will allow us to see some objects better at night likewise in this world in which we live we have adjusted to the spiritual darkness and since we've adjusted to the spiritual darkness we've concluded that darkness is normal and palatable in our existence in the world today just think about this if you live in a filthy bacteria filled fungus putrid environment long enough you will become accustomed to the stink and the odor of that environment but guess what it's still filthy it still stinks even though you just happen to have adapted to it the bible tells us in proverbs 4 and 23 and it counsels us this way it says to guard your hearts for out of it proceeds the issues of life what does it mean to guard your heart in the old testament the word heart is issue is used more than 800 times but more than 200 times it deals with one's thought life it deals with his emotions the wellsprings of life and those things that motivate and mold us the bible calls the heart i'm calling it the thought life why is the thought life so important today why did Solomon tell his son, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life? Here's the reason. Because the thought life controls the rest of your life. If you tell me what you think, I'll tell you who you are in the life that you live. What you think is who you are. The thought life controls you as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he is what the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 and 7. See, your thoughts, positive, negative, good or bad, controls your attitudes. Stick with me here. Your attitudes are the sum total of your thoughts. Your attitudes lead to your actions. See, a, all really good psychologists, they'll tell you that. Someone once said, sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. Before you can do a thing, you have to think it. Your thoughts lead to your attitudes and attitudes lead to your actions. So our question today is, what is housed in the thoughts of your heart today? Yeah, I'm talking to you and my listening audience. What is housed in the thoughts of your heart today? The Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What you think, talk or speak about is who you are. What is in your mind and your heart when it comes out of your mouth? Do you let fear, negativity, hatred, profanity come out of your mouth? If you do, do you also use those choice words that are so common? What are you talking about, Pastor Adams? You know what I'm talking about. Do you use God's name in vain? Do you ever tell people 
what they can kiss? Say it again. Do you ever tell people what they can kiss? Mm-hmm, talking to you. How about the perverse and wicked famous phrase, go blank yourself? Do you ever use it? How about calling somebody an a-hole? Do you ever do that? If you don't say it to them, do you think it? Do you use the popular middle finger up gesture? Do you? If you do, or you don't see anything wrong with it, then today you have stark sin and darkness in your heart. What things are you thinking of doing or continuing to do in my listening audience? Huh? Are you thinking of executing your thought of getting with that woman or man who you find attractive or appealing? Are you thinking about stepping outside of the sanctity of your marriage and getting involved? Are you involved with somebody that's not your husband or your wife? If you're a single person, are you still bumping and grinding outside of the will of God? Are you enticed to keep creeping like the TLC song? Huh? Are you still committed to your investments in sin? What sins are you talking about, Pastor Adams? Things like not hiring a black person at the job if you're an employer. Not hiring a Hispanic or a white employee at your business because you don't feel that they're qualified because of their race. Or doing something like promoting a less qualified person because you favor their racial or religious posture. I'm talking about things like you're a policeman and you arrest someone and you plant an illegal substance on them so that way they'll face time in prison. What else are you talking about, Pastor Adams? I'm talking about disenfranchising voters who are of a certain race, discriminating and making laws that harm certain ethnicities or certain genders and people who are in a certain economic status or category. These sins are the earmarks of spiritual darkness. Listen to what the Bible says in Luke 11, 34 through 36. It says, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if the eye be clear, spiritually perceptive and focused on God, your whole body also is full of light, benefiting from God's precepts. But when it is bad or spiritually blind, your body, your heart is full of darkness, devoid of God's word. When we become perceptive of God's precepts, then we can walk in spiritual light. Luke 8 and 17 says, There is nothing in secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything that's hidden that shall not be known and come to light. What about you and our listening audience today? What secret things are in your heart today? Uh-huh, you know they're there. You know what secrets are there. What kind of integrity do you have when no one is around? Are you the kind of person who keeps their word? Is your word reliable? How many times do you tell lies or look the other way when others commit crimes that are corrupt 
or full of injustice? Huh? Are you hypocritical in your conduct? Are you one way in public, another way at work, and another way at church? But you're a completely different person in secret. I got another question. Do you call white people hunkies, crackers, and peckerwoods when they're not around? Huh? Do you call black people niggas, moolies, and monkeys when you feel it is all clear to say it? Do you run hustles on the side? You know what I'm talking about, doing things like selling a little weed, a little crack, a little heroin and prescription drugs to make some money while you destroy people's health and their lives and their destinies. That's my question today. What secret sins are you involved in? Are you involved in unscrupulous business deals that no one knows about? But listen, God assures us that everything that's done in secret shall be shouted from the housetops. Your secret sins of darkness, they will find you out. Romans 2.19 says, And art confident that thou thyself are a guide to the blind and a light to them that are in darkness. My question today is, here is Paul. He was writing a letter to the Romans and he was admonishing the Christians that were in Rome to be a guide of the blind and to be a light to them which are in darkness. The reality is the whole world is in darkness. And the only remedy to bring the world out of darkness to the light is the church. But where is the church today? Where are our preachers? God called us to be a guide and an example, a voice to bring people out of darkness. Do we preachers continue to assimilate this deadly seeker-sensitive motif of giving the people what they want? We preach more about social topics and materialism and prosperity more than purity and holy living. Are you letting the tail wag the dog in your church? Are we attempting to be popular and politically correct while our society is dying? The modern church is in darkness. It's famished. It's sick. It's impotent. And nothing more than a microcosm of this world's sinful culture. Where is the church leaders who are standing up and assuring their members that in 2020 our presidential election was legal? And that Donald Trump lied to their members and their churches. I haven't heard it yet. Who else other than the church is ordained and sanctioned by God to be the voice and the conscience of the community in the world? Where's Jerry Falwell Jr.? Where's James Dobson and Albert Moeller and the leaders of the SBC and the National Councils of Churches who should be guides to lead so many of their members out of the compromise and darkness that exists today? We don't hear the voice of these ministries unraveling the dark lie of voting fraud that is tearing and corrupting the foundation of our democracy.
Well, what are they doing instead? They are mimicking too many polluted politicians who have yet to affirm the fact that we did have a legal and accurate presidential election. Where are our churches who should be calling for more revival and biblical awakening? Sadly, too many are petrified with greed, with politics and narrow social agendas. But how can we forget Revelation 3 and 17? It says, because thou sayest I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind and naked. You see today, too many are living in a false reality. Too many have been convinced and they've convinced themselves that they're all right just the way they are and that they're walking in the light and the will of God and that they're on their way to heaven. Many people think that because they're financially secure, because they're so socially well connected and they're living in the fast lane of life, feeling like it's all good. I'm all good, but listen to what God says again. He says, you are wretched. You are miserable. I'm going to tell you what your real condition is. You're poor. You're blind, walking in darkness. You see, today, the world needs a new heart and new spiritual eyes with a balanced godly perspective and perception see the truth is you are miserable and you know it no matter how many drugs you take no matter what you try to cover it with you can put on all the perfume and cologne all the makeup and wigs and extensions and all the things in the world but you're miserable you're in need of discarding the weight of your sin and that false hope of depending on your own righteousness, which is filthy rags. What does filthy rags mean? It's an illusion of what is called used menstruation rags. We call them tampons today. An old used tampon. So many of you feel that your righteousness is going to get you somewhere. But God says your righteousness, I look at it like an old dirty tampon. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. For we believers will be called to account. And we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that not some but each one of us may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether it be good or bad. It's so important for us to be able to make a distinction. Are we good or are we bad? The Bible says there is none that doeth good. The only thing that makes you good is when you become good and righteous through Christ. What he means is, is that each will be held responsible for his actions. Do you hear me today? 
you're going to be held responsible for your actions, your purposes, your goals, and your motives. Those things that you think no one sees, but God says you're going to be held responsible for those things. And the use or the misuse of your time and your opportunities and abilities. I could talk about that for another hour. Are you misusing your time, your opportunities, and the abilities that God gave you? Jesus is the light of the world. He came to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness and to translate us into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Our hope and truth matters is that your salvation will be realized through repenting, turning from your dark thoughts, your dark imaginations and deeds, which put us at risk of eternal peril and destruction, and that you will exchange it, exchange all of your soiled tampons, your soiled rags of our self-righteousness and receive the free gift of our Lord's regal robe of godly righteousness, where we can forever reign in light with Jesus Christ in this life and the world to come as triumphant conquerors of spiritual darkness. God bless you. It's time to come out of darkness. Amen.